To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just hate the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers Yeah, tomorrow the day, bro. You got it. Tomorrow, it's the day, man. Y'all welcome. Y'all welcome, man. Y'all welcome. It's gonna be a wonderful day. Tomorrow's a holiday, man. Yeah, Ain't man. nothing get done at work tomorrow. Who's been waiting on this? Unfortunately, bro, I got no choice, man. I got, I got. A lot of new employees coming in that I gotta be in front of. Oh, they so. picked the wrong day. <laughs> so I'm gonna be busy basically all day. But it's still, it ain't as bad though, Greg, because you know, typically when you're busy, it makes the day go by kind of fast. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't want the day dragging on, so, you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna be ready to get at it, bro. Yeah, I'm sure you'll figure it out, man. But yeah. uh, let me go ahead and introduce this thing. We'll jump right to it. Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast episode 55. <laughs> Special edition, LSU Natty Championship edition. Shout out to all my LSU Tigers that are going to listen to this just because it's a special edition LSU Tiger episode. Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers set. Unfortunately, it's not all three of us. It's just me and Ramon on here. We usually have Carlos as well. That's our brother. We always got to show honor and respect when, when the original cast, one of us, is absent. So, shout out to him. He'll be back on the next episode. But welcome to, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast. And we are ultra excited because all three of us are extreme LSU fans. Uh, me and me and Ramon are graduates from, from LSU. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's just an exciting time, exciting feel. How are you, my brother? Bruh, man, I'm excited, bruh. I almost can't even kind of control it at this point, but I'm trying to control it, trying to keep myself composed and together. Uh, but it's just an exciting time. Like, I'm excited right now. I already know that, you know, the full day tomorrow, of course, I'm going to have on my LSU gear, LSU uh, from from head to toe, bruh. So it, is, it just is what it is, man. It's a huge moment for us, a huge moment for our program, bruh. And we we finally back. Finally, man. we finally back. It's been some t- it's been some years. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been, been some, some years. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it a little bit about that. But you know, we're just excited. Uh, when I got with Ramon, we weren't gonna originally record, but we said let's do something special since tomorrow's a special time for us in New Orleans. Shout out to everybody in New Orleans, uh, LSU, my classmates, my uh, LSU alumni. Please be safe down there and have a great time. We are hoping that you can. Bring us win. We unfortunately won't be able to make a mirror run, but 
you know, this is why we're recording this, just to throw some good energy out there. So I just wanted to begin. We won't be long. Again, we just wanted to put something out there just to show, you know, a celebratory of tomorrow. So we won't be long, but I, I just wanted to kind of get started with just like you got into a little bit in your intro, just about what this particular moment means to LSU, not only as the city of Baton Rouge, but as a, a alumni like ourselves and, uh, and Carlos, you know, um, you know, what does it mean? You know, just yeah. speak on that if you can. Man, honestly, bro, it, it means that. Like, we finally, just like I was saying, back. You know, we went through this thing, and we know that our program got rebuilt, and we built up early in the 2000s, and we know what Saban did for us. And then Les Miles kind of took it there from Saban, but Les Miles kind of really got stagnant with the program. We were getting behind other, other you know, programs that should be comparable to us. We weren't running a, a legit modern-day offense. And, you know, to just see kind of how things have progressed even when coach O first took the job I'm gonna be honest as myself I was a little bit hesitant about coach O having the job I wasn't sure we know what happened you know with him at Ole Miss he did do well in his interim job you know at USC but it was still hey is he gonna come in and, and, and take us into the new era of football you know is he finally are we gonna finally have a modern offense of which we don't have to just solely depend on our defense to make us contenders and so it finally just feels like everything has come to the point of where we should be as a program. Like we're finally here, LSU being on the top of college football where we rightfully should be. And so this is just huge for our university, a huge for the alumni base, huge for the state of Louisiana. Like these guys really represent even to our culture as a state. Like they truly embody who we are as Louisianians or as they like to say, Louisianimals, uh, they truly embody that. And so to see this, it's just a special moment. And like you saying, even speaking as alums, man, it's, it's a special moment for us to see this. I see you in your LSU gear, so I oh, know yeah. you're ready. Yeah, I mean, I want my LSU gear to church, man. So you, <laughs> you, know how, you know what's going on. But, yeah, let them know. You know, just to kind of piggyback off of what you said that was interesting, just it has to start at the head, and we're yep. going to start it with Coach O. And like you said, you know, we fired Les Miles four games into the season uh, in a couple years ago, and we weren't sure about Coach O. We were striking out on every coach. Jimbo, we're hearing about Jimbo signing with AM. We're hearing about a, a, a plethora of guys uh, that we just struck out yeah, on. we thought we had we Tom, thought Herman. Tom Herman. And, yeah. you know, and we had to settle with Coach O, which it looks like Coach O. And, you know, just to kind of piggyback on what you yeah. said, because – Joe Aleva did an interview, and he was just, you know, he just was frank. He was like, you know, Les was just like talking to a wall. You know, it, you know, with Les, it was just, you know, he didn't want to have a modern-day offense. He didn't want to spread it out. He was just doing the same things. And, you know, you look at what Les did, you know, his record was always good. But, you know, it just kind of was misleading in the type of system that LSU had. You know, any time for the past, I think they did the statistics, past three seasons – you know, uh, Joe Burrow has 56 touchdowns passes. That's the most we've had in the past four seasons combined. Yeah, yeah. So it just gives you a little insight into how, you know, behind LSU's offensive system was. But what he said about Coach O and where he was sold at with him was just the enthusiasm that he had. You know, he embodied what it meant to be a Louisianian. Yeah. And he really kind of the guy, people were the, he gets people fired up and gets them rallied. 
Now, the thing that I observed about Coach Oda that I liked from the beginning, it, I might be recorded and saying this when, when we, if we were doing the podcast, then I don't even know. No. Because <laughs> I think we were just kind of hitting each other, sending messages at yeah. that point. Yeah, it might have been, you yeah. know, because that's how much we talk. But I just was like, I love what he said in the press conferences that he may not be the best this, he may not be the best that, but he's going to get the, the best guys to end to do what where he lacks at, and yeah. he's going to do what he's good at, and that's motivate and recruit. And, you know, when he brought in originally Matt Canada and David Aranda, and, you know, what it turned out to be, I was a little upset about the Matt Canada situation, but it turned out Matt Canada don't get along with anybody. Right. So, right. you know, he let him go, and then he brought in uh, Ensminger, and, you know, we still kind of was running like a, 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 a you know, kind of outdated yeah, system. It was like a little bit better. It was a it little bit better, totally but not up. much. Yeah. It was like, hey, look. We're not used to doing spreads, so instead of doing two receivers, we're going to do the three wide out. We're right. still we're like, the ball. We were like, whoa, three wide yeah. out. Right. Oh, motion. <laughs> so, you know, when, no, when he brought in Joe Brady, it just shows kind of how, you know, now Joe Brady's highly touted when she came out a couple of, I don't know how true that he said, he's going he's gonna to be at LSU as long as they'll have him. So, yeah. I'm no, taking that. a three-year deal in place. Yeah, so, you know, I'm taking that as least, at least we got him. Uh, one more year, so you know, I, I mean, it was really kind of fast paced and kind of you know just shows how visionary, visionary, how much of a visionary coach O is because you know he allowed a guy from the Saints to come, an assistant from the Saints to come in and he say, look, I'm gonna have two office coordinators. Like you could be the pass passing director, yeah. you know, guy, passing coordinator guy, and you know I'm still gonna keep Intiminger. I'm sucking at these names. Right <laughs> it's now. all good. Intiminger, you got it, you got it. But uh, you know. There you have it. So, you know, now, you know, it's, it's, he's really doing what he said he was going to do. He's going to get recruits here, which we have some. This, this is probably one of the most talented teams that we've had in a while. Uh, I don't know. We've had some talented teams, but the most effective yeah. talented teams yeah. have been. And, Utilizing that talent. And, you know, here we are now, and, and he's, he's he said, you know, we're Bama. We're coming, and we beat Bama for the first time in, in a long time this year. You know, he's done a lot of first. So, you know, I think. Coach O, he's done a great job. He's he won another head coach. I think he won the Eddie Robinson Coach yeah. of the Year. So I think that makes like three Coach of the Year, yeah. you know, Coach of the Year awards. awards. So it's kind of like he's doing a good job, and we're not only seeing it as LSU yeah. fans, but I mean he's being respected across the country. So you know, kind of moving along, we start there. Let's move on to Joe Burrow and, you know, kind of to the record and what's on the line. Not only is a national championship, which we hadn't got since 2011, was it? Uh, no, we lost, well, we, we lost in 2011. We haven't won one since 07. We haven't won one since 07. So, you know, I mean, not only is that on the line, but Joe Burrow has a has a big-time record that, you know, touchdown passing record that he could he yeah. could get. And I want to ask you, he needs he's four away, four touch, passing touchdowns away Bro. from breaking – Colt McCoy's Cole, Cole Brennan. Cole, Bre- Cole, Cole Brennan. Brennan. But Cole McCoy is another yeah. name you need to remember because right. that's the passing, that's the completion percentage record yeah, that he's yeah. going to face so, the break. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I kind of got them mixed up. Yeah, so, no, so it's two Colts. So Cole Brennan played at Hawaii years ago, and they had that, of course, that air raid offense. So he yeah. had 58 touchdown passes. Uh, Joe Burrow sits at 56 touchdown passes for this season. Right. I mean, 55, 55 touchdown passes yeah. for this season. So three will tie him and four will eclipse it. Yeah, so, so I agree with you. Yeah, no, so he's sitting there, you know, at the 55 touchdown passes. If he gets three, he'll tie Cole Brennan. He gets four, of course, he will surpass that. But then also, too, right now, he's on pace to break 
uh, Colt McCoy's completion percentage record for the season. And they said that basically if he completes 70% of his passes this game, which he's done every single game of this season, then he'll break the single season completion percentage record. And then also, too, he's been responsible, I think, for 59, 58 or 59 total touchdowns. And I think the record for total touchdowns for a season is 63. So he has a chance to just shatter a bunch of records and potentially have what could be viewed to me as the greatest season for a quarterback in the history of college football. So do you, do you think he'll beat Cole Brandon's record? I mean, he's sitting at 55. He needs four to beat Cole Brandon's 58 yards touchdown. I mean, he had seven in the first yeah. half. He, he's going <laughs> to get it. And, and the game, thing so. about it, too, with this team, it may not necessarily be him because that's not the lens that Joe Burrow thinks. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. But they also, too, they like Coach O and Ensminger and all that, they want him to get those kind of things. So, of course, they're not going to just call a game, obviously, in favor of that happening. Mm. But if he has a chance to get it, they're going to do the necessary things. Yeah, that it I mean, to you, get it. you got to think as a coach, I mean, that's, that's a great recruiting tool. You know, look, I got Joe to this level. You could do the same thing type of deal. So it's important that records are broken. I mean, even if he doesn't break the record, I mean, he's second all time in college history. Yeah. You know, and it's something that you know when you do it at a mid when you do it at a at a mid major, it's something yeah. like a Hawaii or a, a, or a yeah. Tulsa. You know, when you look at some of the guys or a Tech or or Houston. You know, but when you do it at a major yeah. college, I mean, that's saying so, yeah. a major university. And then to do it, to me, in an offense that still is focused on balance in a sense, like the the the, the percentage, basically, of run to pass has been 52 to 48. Coach O really wanted kind of that 50-50 split. Well, if you paid attention to those Hawaii teams back in the day, those were truly air raid offenses. So what they doing is they passing on almost every down. You know, you having a 52 to 48 split, they might have had a 65 to 35 split. So that makes, to me, this even more impressive of seeing Joe do this in a typical offense and not something that's just skewed to the pass, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't care if he gets the record. I would love to see it happen, but not at the expense of us losing the game, of course. But yeah. I couldn't I, – I don't see a situation where he don't get four yeah, touchdowns. I, I mean – I think it, it, at least he's going to tie it. He's at least going to tie it. So, I mean, it, we'll see. We'll see what Clemson. So, we're facing the Clemson. It's the Tigers versus the Tigers. I heard some yeah. lame jokes. Well, huh, no matter who plays, I mean, the Tigers are going to win. Yeah, uh, I know. yeah, that's very funny. I feel, right? feel kind of weird, man, because you know Coach O typically had that little, go Tigers, that little gravel in his voice. But if you <laughs> say, go, you say go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, if you you if you almost you got to be this thing like you got to say like go LSU you know or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I look at it like this. I mean, we 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 you know moving along again. You know, what's very what we could speak on too is just how well right of a season offensively it's been. Um, just LSU in general, just like we mentioned, Coach O has won three Coach of the Year's award. Joe Brady won Assistant of the Year. You know, it, it's been a big, huge year, yeah. you know. Um, Jamar Chase hey, won wide receiver of the nation. Uh, Bray, uh, Burrow won QB of the year. You know, it's just been... Baby O'Brien, Maxwell. Yeah, our offensive lineman won a one. Yeah. So, it's just been a great year. But, I mean, tomorrow night, uh, what type of game are you expecting to see? Like, I, I mean, I, I think the game flow should be... I think that it's going to probably be like some blows, 
in yeah. the beginning. I think yeah. that it's going to be close. But I think LSU probably will extend the league. And I think Clemson maybe will come back a little bit. But I think ultimately, I think LSU wins by two scores. I agree with you, actually, on that. I think that it's one of those things that, in the beginning, both teams are going to be kind of filling each other out. Um, LSU says that, you know, that that happens to them typically because teams don't come in and play the same defense that LSU has seen on, has seen on film because everyone's trying to figure out what they can do against this offense. So I think that early off, too, Brent Venables is going to give Joe Burrow some looks that may not necessarily confuse Joe, but won't be as quickly easy to break down. Like, you know, we've talked, you know, off air about this, how Venable, he'll run a set where it looks like they're going to be in man. This is what he did a lot to even to it last year, where they look like they were going to be in man. And then as soon as they snap the ball, they're in zone. Or he, he runs, you know, you'll look at him pre-snap and think they're running this type of set or this type of coverage and then they'll run something completely different. So he's going to try to do that, mix some things up with Joe, try to confuse Joe. But Joe is just a very smart quarterback, and he thinks on the fly really well. And the thing about it, too, even Joe Brady and Steve Ensminger, they work so well together to if they take a couple blows kind of in the beginning and start figuring it out, then they'll have their adjustments by at least the second quarter. So, so I agree with you. I think in the beginning, it's kind of a tip or tap. Both teams kind of filling each other out. And then I think you will really see, you know, going. And I think the LSU, to me, has shown that they are the best team in the nation this year. And I think that it'll show in this game um, as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, man. I, I don't think you could. I don't think I could have said it any better. That was a good way to wrap up that segment. So now that we've established who we think is going to win. Oh, you never said what you think. Oh, you oh, said yeah, you yeah, agree yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. two scores LSU will okay. get that. Two scores LSU. Um, so... Now that we have established that, if LSU, when LSU wins, excuse mm. me, when LSU wins this game, where do you think that they fall as far as LSU teams? I w- I'm going to go oh. ever. LSU ever, teams Since ever? the program started. Oh, L- they will be the greatest LSU football team I of agree. all time. I think they got the 03 team beat. Because oh, I'm yeah. going to say 03. Uh, maybe there's some teams in the 50s or something that's better. I don't know. I think, honestly, in my opinion, now, of course, they didn't win it, but I think 11 is better than 03. If I were to, to say even teams matching up, I it's just my personal opinion, I think this is the greatest LSU team. Um, it's a complete team, especially since the defense has stepped up down the stretch the way that they have stepped up. Um, offensively, you're seeing things that you just haven't seen done. Like, LSU isn't just having a good year for the LSU football year. program. They're having a historic year for college football, period. You know, you don't have situations where you see your quarterback not only, you know, be the Heisman Trophy winning, but Davey O'Brien, Maxwell Award winner, all of that. But then, as you mentioned, Coach O, all the awards that he's won. You have the Belinikoff, so best wide receiver. You win the Thorpe Award as well with Grant Delpit winning yeah, that. Yeah. Then, as you mentioned, you win the, the, the award for the offensive line. So it's just that not only is this team going to be the most decorated team as far as awards in LSU history, mm-hmm. but to then also tack on top of that being 15-0, and winning seven games against top 10 opponents, you know, taking into account them beating Clemson is already at six. But then another thing on top of that, if you look back at the preseason rankings for this year, the top four teams were Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. When LSU beats Clemson, LSU would have beaten the top four preseason teams. Who does that in one season beats the top four preseason teams? 
On top of that, still, you're thinking about the teams of the likes of the Auburns and the Floridas who were top 12 teams. A&M was a top 12 team coming into this year. So, you look at all that, that body of work, they're the yeah, greatest. I agree, man. I think that they are the greatest uh, the team I've ever seen uh, since following LSU. But, I mean, I think I'm willing to put this team up against a, a, any team of the decade, but I'm willing to put this team up against any team ever. You know, one of the greatest teams ever. It's hard. You, it will be hard for you to not. I challenge anybody that can to give me a team. I mean, one of them might bring up the the Miami Hurricane yeah, the team, with, the O one yeah. team with Miami. But I mean, just the way they've done things, and just like you said, as far as de- how they are decorated, when you look at their schedule, when you look at you know what they face, when you look at the history of our program and just the program in general, what Joe Burrow's been able to do, it just I couldn't see this not being a top five team of all time. And I know we as sports fans yeah. love to live in the moment, but I'm trying to be somebody that try to pinpoint when you're witnessing history. Like yeah. it's just the feeling of this year, it doesn't feel like anything else. And it's kind of like different when you're witnessing history. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when we had to get out of ourselves with LeBron, you know, and just wait, just saying, hey, look, in 2016, that's when I finally said, I was like, man, we may not see another another guy that's, that has accomplished what he's been able to accomplish. Yeah. You know, of course, he had Kyrie going off against the Warriors, but I'm just saying as far as just, just watching history being made, it's kind of like watching the Warriors. You know, that's a good example as well. You know, when they they what they what they when they beat the record for the yeah, most wins, 73-9, you know, you have to know when you're winning yeah. something special. Yeah. This is a special group that I think, in his down down history lines, I think it will be referenced for years to come of how great they are. And, you know, I'm just happy that I was alive to witness it. But you have to know when you're witnessing history. And yeah. we're witnessing something right. that may not be done for a right. long, long and, time. And like you said, you have to live in those moments because the thing about it, don't get me wrong. At LSU, we planted ourselves, and I believe, under the leadership and the direction of Coach O, like we're going to be a perennial contender now. We will be right there with the likes of the Bamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States. Like, we're right there. But this season is still a special season. So even though you will be a contender for years to come and, and be in a discussion year in and year out, these type of seasons don't come along that often. And so this team, as we were talking about them, their resume, you give me any team and we just go resume for resume. Now, of course, you could break down the O1 Miami Hurricanes and you could say that backfield with Clint Portis right. and Willis McGahee and Frank Gore being third all string. All the, all the Ohio State team with Maurice Claret. You could, yeah. you know, you could throw that team you in throw there. That team in there. Oh, you could throw, you could throw some, some Tim Tebow teams. Yeah, some Tim you know. Tebow. You could throw in some of those Bama's teams as well. But as far as like resume and how it's done, just the resume, it's not even. It's not even close. It's not a comparison. And you know that's what that's why what makes this season so special. Because I mean, I you know to beat Florida, to beat Auburn, to beat Bama, to beat Oklahoma in one season, to beat Texas before they got hurt. Because what people don't realize, people dismiss that Texas win. Texas faced injuries that would have shaken any team out there. If you had looked probably after week three or week four and looked at how many players Texas Mm -hmm. had out, that's really what derailed their season. So, like you said, all those teams that you mentioned, but even that Texas win at the time was an impressive win. Yeah, man, it it was. And, you know, it kind of really just set the tone as to what type of team we was going to be. Because when I first saw that game, you know, I was like, 
you know. And I give you credit, man, because like going into the season, I wasn't too sure. You was like, Rob, we gonna we gonna be good this yeah. year. I don't know if you knew we yeah. was gonna be this. I good. I didn't know we were gonna be this good, but, but you, I you said we were gonna be good. So yeah. you know, shout out to you, man. But knowing what you're talking about. Yeah. But hey, man, uh, just like I said, it's exciting, an exciting time in New Orleans right now. I, I can only imagine what the city going to be like tomorrow. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's so gonna be hopefully crazy. you guys make it to work on Tuesday. <laughs> hopefully you took off Tuesday. But yeah, if, you weren't, if, you weren't, if you weren't really hip to it, man, you should have took off. Uh, I will be in the confinements of my home watching the game. So, you yeah. know, I, I'll be okay for work on Tuesday. Um. So, you know, let's let's move on again, you know, just kind of shifting again. I mean, you can't have a great team without great players, right? All right. So, sir. we're watching probably some great NFL prospects, some guys' names that you're going to hear tomorrow night if you haven't been keeping up with college football that much that you probably will hear uh, for for at least another decade. Yeah. Uh, we could start with Joe Burrow and what makes, it, what makes him great. I mean, I just his accuracy, his athleticism, his poise. I mean, you can't say nothing about him. I mean, Joe Brady, of course, have established the system and everything. But you got to have somebody that can run it. You got it. And uh, Joe Burrow, he couldn't have had a better conductor than than Joe Burrow. Not much better of him. I mean, he's he separated himself from the Tua's, you know, the Trevor Lawrence's, the the uh, Herberts, the the Justin Fields. Like he separated. So going into this season, it was no talk about Joe Burrow being yeah. a top ten quarterback, let alone a top. Five or a top three quarterback, yeah. but now it's uh, it's it's unprecedented that he is without question the best quarterback prospect going into this NFL draft. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, and I think honestly you summed up Joe really well as far as all of the measurables, the the tangible things that he has. But to me too, with Joe, it's the intangibles, man. The Joe, first of all, as we talk even off air, man, he's just such a leader. He's the type of guy that people will rally behind, that people want to play for. Um, and so he's going to lead his guys. But also, too, he has, to me, that killer instinct. Like, it, he has that, that killer in him that you believe that he's the type of quarterback that wants to put his foot in, on your throat and assert his will. And so I think that that's part of, too, even what separates Joe. You already mentioned the accuracy. You already mentioned, you know, the athletic ability that he has. And so... Like you said, Joe is going to be the first quarterback that's taken in this draft. I mean, it's already determined. Cincinnati, I don't even need, think they need to go on the clock. Like, why even put them on yeah, the clock? Just I mean, go ahead and announce after, it. On Wednesday morning, when <laughs> LSU, when uh, Joe Burrow wins this championship and he wins the MVP of the championship yep. game, call him up at, at 10 a.m. because he probably going to be a little, you know, after after probably a little high <laughs> off the win, off life, of course. <laughs> You know, call him and let him yeah. know that you're going to be my quarterback and that we don't plan on Andy Dalton playing past week four. Go ahead and put him there. I think Joe Burrow is ready. I think that this year alone and just the competition he's faced, the type of schedule and what type of league he's played. And the thing, Ramon, that I love, and not to spin off Joe because we got plenty of yeah. prospects to get to, but the thing I love about Joe the most is when I look at a player prospect, and this is kind of what frustrates me with uh, Ben Simmons, but again, I love Ben Simmons. <laughs> this is my other podcast. I love Ben. Shout Simmons. out to Ben. Shout out to Ben. But it's just the leap that you make from year to year, and you can, can you continuously get better from year to year. You know, being with I know we're not talking about basketball. It's not a basketball podcast. I'm gonna jump back, but Ben for him not to have a consistent jump shot yes. right now in the fourth year season, fourth season in the league, red shirt or not, is ridiculous to me. But that's neither here nor there. But you look at Joe, 
and his leaps that he's made from last year to this year. I'm talking about making pinpoint throws. I'm talking about his accuracy's gotten better. I'm talking about his athleticism, the way he reads things. Mm-hmm. And then, Ramon, this is his first year in this system. Yeah. You know, so he's smart. The way he's been poised, he's never too high. He's never too low. No matter what's going on in the game, you know, he's a leader amongst yeah. men. I mean, number one number one prospect, you know, Cincinnati can hang a hat on him. He's probably going to have a better NFL career than Andy Dalton did. Yeah. You know, so... I mean, moving on, we got some other ones. Clyde, you know, his his running mate, yeah. you know, Clyde. I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean you want to talk about Come, Clyde? Yeah, coming into this year, uh, we would have never honestly anticipated what we got out of Clyde. <laughs> right. Like, you, you know, you, you give me credit for saying what I thought we were going to be, you know, as a team, but I yeah. didn't see this with Clyde. Yeah. You know, I, was I think I remember you, you saying, I think though, you said the only thing that I'm kind of worried about is our run, run, yeah, running, yeah, running backs. Said, we don't really have an elite player like Leonard Fournette. Right, right. And so coming into the season, that's how I felt. And I was like, you know, we got these young guys and Ty Davis Price, and, you know, we were really high on Emory coming in. And I was thinking that those guys will kind of get right. more of the line Emory, yeah. out the wall. Sure. And then Clyde, just as the season went on, just got better and better and started being a guy that you can literally feature on every down. And mm-hmm. so what what I think stands out about Clyde is, is not only his versatility, his versatility is great. So you can play him every down. You can come out of the backfield. You can catch. To me, he's similar to a Darren Sproles, but with more size. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, he has more, to me, in my opinion, kind of make you miss ability. He's better at cutting. Boy, how good I, would he be in that Eagle system? Oh, I, I know. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, Myron, y'all not getting quiet. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, <Myron. laughs> but, um, but no, like you said, he would be great in that system. Uh, I mean, you've seen even Boston Scott do what he's been doing in that Eagles system. Uh, but just seeing class development, he's also so smart. Like, so many times, he's able to recognize the blitz and make the correct pickup in order to give Joe uh, more time in the pocket. We talked about the Texas game, and we talked about how that was kind of the thing that really catapulted LSU forward and make you really believe in what was happening offensively. Well, that third and 17 play is what made a ton of people say, okay, LSU is here for real. That doesn't happen if Clyde doesn't come up and pick up uh, one of the rushes and allow uh, Joe Burrow to step to the side and make the throw that he makes. So he's just uh, a versatile guy. He's actually the third leading receiver on the team with 50 receptions. This year, you know, this is prior to the game being played, um, obviously. So, Clyde is a guy that I think he's going to be between, I view him a second to third round type of guy, but, you know, Clyde is definitely going to be a guy that's going to be stable in the league for years to come. And I think he needs to go to the league after this year. I think he needs to go ahead and go. Well, let's talk about another bright spot NFL prospect for LSU that I thought was one of the bright spots from the 2018-2019. That's Justin Jefferson. Uh, I thought he was a really, really good last year in in a regular system, but yeah. now in this system, he's exploded. You know, he's catapulted himself into an All-American type year. And I think that he's a good receiver. I was telling people, I don't know if I'll have him as high as I had him in early in the season. I had him at, at like a top 15 pick. I, I'd say... I'd say I want to kind of walk that back and say probably late first round, early second round. Uh, just because I'm not sure, I, I've seen some things, some games. I've seen some things in him that I probably could could see why somebody would be picky or why he would slip down. But I think he's a great receiver. Yeah, I I honestly believe now. I I do think that he's gonna be more of a, a late first rounder. 
Um, but I honestly, and I may be biased with this, but to me, Justin Jefferson, besides, I do think Jerry Judy is the best receiver in this draft. And mm-hmm. I think CeeDee Lamb, I think, follows him. After that, I think Justin Jefferson is good as any guy yeah. out there. And he's, he was more but productive But you know, wide receivers don't year. really go that high unless yeah, they just... Yeah, I think Judy and, and Lamb will go pretty high. And then, like you said, right. I think... And the thing, what may I think work against... That what may work against Jefferson just a little bit is the fact that it is such a deep draft, that receiver. So when it's a deep draft, it sometimes works against you in the standpoint of people feeling like, okay, I can get a talent a little bit later. Let me go at this position that's a little bit more of a need. It's not as many, let's mm-hmm. say, defensive ends or as many defensive backs. Let me go grab this because I can get a talent to receive it later. not really that many defensive backs in yeah. this draft. So, yeah. And shout out to that. Let's plug that in too, man. For, this is going to be going on our third year straight covering the NFL draft. It's becoming like a popular episode yeah. of ours that we've been doing because we pretty accurate. Yeah. So not to toot our own horns or, or anything, but as you listen to this process, it's your first time listening to this. Make sure that you check us out when our NFL draft episode coming out, which which probably will be in a couple of months. Uh, but anyway, like you said, you know, like I, that's the reason why I think he yeah. will drop down. Just I think his size too, but you know, I think yeah. that a guy his size, I think that when they not when they don't show a elite, elite, elite. Uh, athleticism, I think that they can. They can I think go he's going to shock some people at the combine, though. Okay. I just be on the lookout. Right. I think. He's but I mean, his hands. He's his a great hands receiver. And hands his are great to adjust. In like the that air. touchdown that he had, his first touchdown uh, in the semifinal game, where he stretched out to get it. Like that's some Antonio Brown stuff. That that, that kind of mirrored that Antonio Brown uh, when they, when the Pittsburgh Steelers with that game winning touchdown uh, yeah. where he stretched out in the in the playoff game. I don't. Know, I forgot who it was against, but that that's what yeah. they remind me of. But Anyway, that which which yeah, accounts for his strength. Think, He's stronger yeah. than what people no, think. No, he, he definitely is, too. is. And I think my favorite catch for him though is still, and we talked about this one over and over again. I don't know how I keep ending up on the Texas game, but the one oh, where yeah, he adjusted yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, nice. and when Burrow put it, the only place he can get it, he knew he, right. that that was kind of the best one for me every year. But yeah, but we gotta move on. Uh, yeah, yeah. let's talk about. Let's move on to the defense. Uh, uh, Caladion Chase on. Caleb Caleb Chase on. Chase on. I mean, he, he. I mean, what can you say? I mean, he. He got first of all, he got the word number eighteen. You know, yep. that's a big deal in in Baton Rouge country for yep. you to have an honor and a privilege to wear that number. Yeah. But I mean, his just athleticism as a linebacker. I mean, LSU always get great linebackers yeah. and d- defensive players. I mean, he's another prospect to watch in this game. Um, Grant Delpit, without being saying, I mean, oh, like yeah. I said last podcast, I feel like he he's finally healthy. Yeah. And he, you saw what makes yeah. him so special. Why he could win, say defensive back of the year, and he was banged up yeah, all year. Right. I mean, as LSU fans, we were saying, man, what's wrong with Grant? Right. But, I mean, obviously it's enough. Anytime a banged up Grant can win defensive back of the year, that tells you right yeah. there how great he is. Yeah. Um. So let, let's not be biased. Oh, Christian Fulton, I mean, okay. honorable mention. And, but uh, I think Christian Fulton needs even more of an honor, more than the honorable mention. He does. I think he's so slept upon. What you have to look at. We know how great Stingley is because Stingley makes those plays right. that, that wow you, that's eye-popping. But if you look at it from the perspective of targets, 
Fulton is targeted about half the time that Stingley is targeted. And so some, so many times we get lost in the shuffle of how many interceptions does this guy have or how many passes yeah. did he break up. And we don't look at how many times quarterbacks just didn't look his way right. because when they were, well, quarterbacks didn't throw his way because when they looked his way, he was blanketing his guy. And I think that's what you get in Christian Fulton. You get a lockdown corner that you may not hear week in and week out is getting so this interception. Going? I think Christian's going to go late first. Yeah, late first. I think okay. he'll go late first. I, I I say mid second, early second. All right, so moving to the Clemson side, so we won't be biased. They do have some NFL prospects on their side. I want to start with Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, that's the guy. He's been one of the best, the the best linebackers in the country. Uh, he won the buckets. He yeah, yeah he, he's definitely um, one of those guys that I would keep my eyes on. He's probably somebody you're gonna hear about for years to come in NFL. Uh, what do you think he's going in the draft? He's a guy, uh, pegging him right now, I think he's a, I think he's a mid to late first rounder. I think what's going to help him is his uh, combine performance. I yeah. think that that's what's going to really kind of up his that's style. That's true, that's true. But uh, I think, I, I, but I was, I'm with you with it though, as of now, you know, unless he does something just amazing, which, yeah. which this will be the game to show right. Uh, what he can do on the next level. But, you know, he's a guy that's going to cause some noise and some problems, and if LSU yeah. can't contain him, we're going to have some issues. Yeah, very versatile guy. So, uh, T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a, is a, is he's a great receiver. He's a great receiver. I, when you say the top three, you didn't mention T. Higgins. Yeah, T. Higgins is uh, – this is the thing. He's I a think, red zone monster, yeah. 6'3", prototypical size receiver that he's you a, want. He's up there. Uh, um, I think that for me right now, I have – Jewy and I have Lamb in like that. Where you top put Rugs though? Rugs, <laughs> Rugs is like, and Rugs is is a burner. Now, I, yeah. I, I, I Rugs like, is like a Tyreek yeah. Hill, like. I, right? I okay, so it's weird because I think Rugs is gonna pop really big in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's gonna have a great combine. I think he's gonna have he's gonna have a great combine. He should he should run the fastest forty. I think he'll run the fastest forty. Oh, at the without combine. a doubt. Um, but uh, T Higgins. It's just that it's so many good wide receivers, it so it's like it's hard to pinpoint guys because it all too depends on kind of what type of receiver well, that team for needs. For me, for me, I do I love me some Justin Jefferson, but I for me I would put I would slide um, T Higgins ahead of Justin just because of of his measurables, and that that's yeah, I mean, but Justin six, still is six three six three, almost two hundred, and he's Justin. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, not, he not as, he as not small a big as he's guy, yeah, but he, he not, he not, I guess he's not as small as he seems. So, but. he's a, all right, he's a better route runner than T. So, you got to determine, do you want that red zone threat with that yeah. size of T, or do you want, it depends on where you want to yeah, play him. I guess it depends on what team he's going yeah. to as well. Because if you want somebody yeah. on the edge, then you want T on the edge. Yeah. But if you're talking about somebody that's going to play the slot. Like, I'm more so thinking, like, like of teams that, like, like, for, my Saints, I, I think we would, we could, oh, we would, we would, T would be, a, T would oh be my great <laughs> for the Saints. Like, we, that's what we need, oh you my know, goodness, yeah. some, somebody that can take some pressure off of him. But as well, I think that Justin Jefferson would do well in our <laughs> system as well. So, I mean, I mean, you can't go wrong. You with can't go wrong. wrong. Like, this yeah. is just a deep draft for yeah. wide receivers. So, it's, it's. It pretty yeah, much, but, if you need a wide out, this shit is the year. But, I mean, another thing, too, T has been, he's had great seasons, like, pretty much his whole college career, mainly because he's had a quarterback. Yeah. You know, he's been playing with Trevor Lawrence for going on two years now. You know, 
it, you know, it it, may, it does make a difference. You know, it does, and then the type of system that's being ran that that makes a difference too. But Justin, I mean, he nice. I, I, I hate this, bro. That's why I do a podcast. I always talk. It sounds like I'm talking yeah. bad about people. I really I'm really sending like. this to Justin Jefferson no, right now. Man. I this like man, Justin. This man is ranking T Higgins above you. No, I'm man. gonna go ahead and send it to Jefferson so he can have another chip on his shoulder for the game. No, man, don't do it, bro. Don't do it, man. They gonna, man, I be talking bad. I, it be sound like I'm talking. I really, really like Ben Simmons. <laughs> right. Am I trying to convince? I do though. I do like Ben. All right, well, he need a jumper. All right, so uh, Travis. E-T. That's what I was about to yeah. say. When are we going to get to your yeah, boy? Yeah, that should have been yeah, the first guy. That's your uh, boy. Now, you, you really need to keep your eye on him if you haven't come to Clemson because uh, we was debating this last episode. Yep. Me and Los was like, man, uh, Travis is like probably my I, – I got him. I want – I say two, but I really think – I really feel <laughs> – why you giving me that look? I really feel like he's probably one of the best running backs in this class, right? He's one of the best running backs in this in draft. I think, yeah. no, and it's not like top five. I, I'm saying like top two. Top like two. You're saying top two and he not two. That's what yeah. you really <laughs> say. <laughs> you, you really, real, you're really saying top two and he not two. Yeah. I, I say I get, he's a top three back in this class to me. He's a you top like three Jonathan back. Taylor. No, I know. Yeah. Mm, Jonathan Taylor will probably be fourth on my list, honestly. Who, who you got ahead of I like Dobbins, man. I like Dobbins a lot. I, 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 he reminded me, remind me of Barry Sanders. That's yeah, who he reminded me I like me Dobbins. Of. I'm not saying that. See, the, the thing is. I like, like, like Trap. Like, I'm going to tell you what I like about right, Trap right, right. uh, over anything. I like I like tall, long paws. Uh, running, <laughs> running backs. I like, you know what I'm saying? I like lengthy running backs. You know what I'm saying? Like, you like, I don't know. I think you, I feel like you like, you know, like Derrick Henry. I like a Derrick Henry type running uh-huh. back. You know, or Le'Veon Bell, you know, 6'1", you know, 6'2". Like, I like those types of running backs. You like, you know, you like short, kind of like, kind of like Clyde type running backs. Like, they can yeah. catch out the backfield. They can yeah. make a chip block. You know, that's the type of running backs you like. See, J.K. Dobbins just fits you so well yeah, yeah, because yeah. he plays big, but he's small. Well, he's not small, but yeah. you, you know what I'm saying. Like, in length and, and short and, and height, you know, that's the type. Like, that's the type of yeah. that's I'm running backs to be on your fantasy team. Now that I think about it, you have a type. You have a type of running back. You do. You do. I did have McCaffrey on my. Fantasy. I know. That's what you like, bro. You like right. those, like. But nah, bro. Like I said, like I said, my thing. So with, you with, have, we have a biases, but overall, yeah. Travis is a better talent than than Dobbins to me. Not by much, but I don't know. I think that they're in the same. I think it's. See, this is this is what's can was was tough for me is that because the top three that I have, really the top four that I have, but especially the top three, I have them. They almost kind of interchangeable. Like I really, there's certain things that I like about DeAndre Swift that I have Ooh, edge I here like him too. over there's certain things that Travis Etienne. Like I think out out of the backfield, Travis Etienne is better out of the backfield than than what DeAndre Swift is. But I think between the tackles, DeAndre Swift is a tougher runner. Um, and um, so it's like there's different things, you know. My top four, that top four group between between Dobbins, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Etienne, and I think that I don't believe this, but J.K. Dobbins and Travis are listed the same height. I don't see that, bro. I don't know. Travis, Travis got to be at least six feet. That's how he looks to me. I don't know. I don't know. But J.K. Dobbins, he look he about five nine. 
I I, I would yeah I would have case Dobbins at like five ten five eleven. That's why. Well, we'll know. Him. We'll know. But we'll know the, the uh, Travis, official measure. Travis can't be no five ten. He got to be taller than me. I don't know. Either way, Travis is longer than in length arm wise. You know, he looks bigger than to me, wider than than J.K. Dobbins to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think you can go wrong with those guys at the. I think. To me, it's a clear top four as far as running backs. Yeah. I can't even think of a fifth running back in my mind that I would put like at that true five spot. I think it's a four, and then you have your other guys. Now, I think that Clyde is a top seven or eight back in this draft. Uh, but I think Etienne, I mean, I wouldn't put it this way. If I saw your rankings and you had Travis Etienne as the number one running back, I'm not going to be sitting there like, oh, your rank is trash. Like, how in the world can you have him over Dobbins and Swift? But at the same point, I could also see Etienne number two on some rankings. Or I could see Etienne number three on rankings and be perfectly fine with that. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I think we wrap. We kind of wrap. We're going to wrap it up. I mean, I think that that's pretty much all the NFL prospects. Keep your eyes out on those names, if if anything, uh, because you're going to be hearing those names for uh, years to come. Uh, and we didn't even mention they got some twenty twenty one guys oh in there too. Chase gonna be twenty twenty one. You know, Marshall, yeah, Tre- you know, Stingley yeah, coming down yeah, the pipe. Tre- tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. You know, yeah. Hopefully he might end up. Maybe my Saints will be trash and we end up drafting. <laughs> <laughs> bro, y'all not getting Trevor Lawrence, bro. Hey man, I, I, could, I, could, I could I could pray and hope. So man, we thank you for listening. If you're a first time listener, make sure that you check us out. You were listening to the Opinated Benchwarmers podcast. <laughs> We can be found on iTunes podcast. I mean Apple Podcasts. We can find on Google Play, Stitcher, and just check out Instagram. We're on O underscore Benchwoman. So if there's any platform that you like to listen to and you want us on there, just DM us, let us know. But we pretty much got them all covered. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, we are there. Make sure that you if you enjoy this listen, we are we record quite frequently. Uh just subscribe to our podcast and then you will get notified when we do release an episode. If you like what you heard, make sure that you tell a friend, spread the word. Go Tigers. You know. Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. So I'm just like him, bro. <laughs> and we will we'll until we record again, hopefully we record them again as national championships. <laughs> Go Tigers. Be safe out there if you're in New Orleans. Thank y'all for listening.